Hello and welcome to the First Rule of Film Club. I'm Hannah. I'm Eddie. And I'm Alex. And each week we come together to watch a film, have a chat about it and play a game. So what film are we watching this week? Well, we're not actually watching a film this week, Hannah. We're actually what? watching a television show called WandaVision. Get out. I thought this was the first rule of film club. I know. Well, <laughs> too bad. I'm actually surprised you're here, Alex, because at the end of the last episode, you said you weren't going to come. Mm. Well, I guess that's the thing. It's like I'm more of a slut for attention than I am. Like, you're getting paid critic. double for this episode as well because you threatened to walk otherwise. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'll do it this once, but yeah. next time I won't. I'm not bloody doing it. Yeah, okay? no, that's fair it's enough. It's the greatest deal anyone's ever made. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so WandaVision. According to IMDb, blends the style of classic sitcoms with the Marvel Cinematic Universe in which Wanda Maximoff and Vision, two superpowered beings living their ideal suburban lives, begin to suspect that everything is not as it seems. Ooh. So what did you guys think of this? Well, it's... It, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird... Good <laughs> 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 review. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. No, I loved it. I loved it. I think if you drew like a graph of like my enjoyment of it, it would start off quite low... And then, you know, curiosity, like, you know, rises. First, like, maybe three episodes. I was like, well, what's going on? What is this? This is really weird. I'm enjoying this. Episode four, you kind of kind of find out what's going on. And then it kind of went a bit, a little bit down for me, I think, after that, after the kind of reveal of everything. I felt like the second half of the series was a little bit weaker, personally. The first few episodes of, like, the intrigue and just the bizarreness of, like, it being a sitcom. And just not, I kind of miss that feeling of watching a show and not knowing what's going on. Because most of the shows I watch nowadays are quite old shows that have come out like 20 years ago and everyone kind of knows what's happened. Old so. fan Eddie Collins over there. <laughs> but it's like, do you know what I mean? Like in the olden days before streaming, like there'd be a new show that everyone's watching. Like you go to yeah, school, yeah. you go to work and everyone's seen the new episode of like, I don't know, whatever, Doctor Who on Saturday and everyone's talking about it and no one knows what's coming next because no, one, no one's binged ahead of everyone else. Yeah, yeah. And I've kind of missed that. And so I quite like, you know, being back in that world again of like, you know, things come out every week. It's a mystery. No one knows what's going on. I think it was a real measurement of the passage of time as well, because we're all in lockdown at the moment again. It's like every Friday, that was the thing you were looking forward to. It was like, oh, WandaVision's on tonight. And then somehow nine weeks has elapsed. Mm. And to be honest, I, before we watched this show, I was kind of over superhero plots in general. And this has properly like rejuvenated my excitement in Marvel a little bit. Because I enjoyed, you know, like when the big movie events of Endgame and stuff were coming out for Avengers, they were huge and I loved it. But I was also very burnt out by the end yeah. and I haven't watched any of the recent Marvel franchise releases. Well, there haven't really been any. There was a couple and I, I've kind of enjoyed them, but I've also felt like, you know, like that disappointing childhood phase has ended for me with superhero movies. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, and so, like, this really brought it back for me in a huge way, just because I, I, like, really was intrigued by this thing and how she was, like, a really effective villain by the end of the show, Wanda was. And, oh, it's just, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. And it was exciting and if you drew a graph of my excitement in this show it would be like first episode it like shot up to 100 because i thought it was so weird that they filmed a whole episode in black and white and mm. like square aspect ratio and everything and it just kept like i thought i was more like the most excited i could be and then every episode that passed i got more and more and more excited and then maybe when they revealed what was going on and maybe dipped a little bit but then i came straight back up because i felt like the finale did a lot of good things for me 
I feel like the attention to detail was just so good. Yeah. Like just then when you were saying about the black and white episodes, they magic the wedding ring onto her yeah, hand yeah, and it kind of like effects. it's that jump cut where it's not quite perfect or whatever. Yeah. I mean, they could have done that with CGI or in the 80s one, the dark colours when they move away it kind of leaves that imprint on the yeah, TV that used to happen. So I think they mm. used like, I read they used like 50 or so different lenses. Like they used like old cameras and old like, you know, different like lighting techniques from the time. So they didn't just film it like they would film it now and put on like a black and white filter. They actually used like, you know, old cameras and they lit it in the way that it would would have been lit back then. And they clearly did all the makeup as well because, you know, at the end of the second episode, it all goes into colour. And Wanda's face like looks a bit odd because she's got like loads of rouge on. Mm, because yeah. in the black and white, you just have to go heavy on the makeup yeah. because otherwise it doesn't show up. I was like, I really hope in the next episode they don't do her makeup like that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the costume design, like the makeup, the lighting, like all of it was just like perfect on point. Yeah, very creative premise, you know, and well executed. And I think you could very easily criticize Marvel for being safe. Like they always play it safe. They always have good characters, bad characters. Like they have to protect their franchise. And they're at that stage now where it has to be protected because it's worth so much. Mm. So this was um, like enjoyable for me to watch because it felt like the opposite of safe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think maybe that's why I didn't like the ending as much because I felt like 90% of this series, like I love the premise. I love dealing with this kind of like uh, tiredness that everyone's got of Marvel. You know, they're doing something new, something inventive. So it just made me a bit sad where it all ended in the final episode in a giant CGI battle in the sky, like a kind of... I didn't want it to end like every other Marvel film. I wanted it to end in a more weird and niche way, like you know, more in keeping with like with like the way the show had been up until that point. I didn't really want <sighs> two no, visions. I, I just really disagree. I really disagree. Just I think like they built the tension to the perfect point for me, and then I felt like the fight was was atypical enough that they were still doing something really new. Mm. You know, like I, I'd never seen a lot of the stuff that they did in the finale before in character arc and in action. Yeah, like, I don't think it, it didn't ruin the show, but I, I just felt a bit sad. Like, I, I didn't necessarily want a, a fight of, like, two visions hitting each other in the air and two witches sort of lasering each other in the air. I, I wanted something a bit more. That said, though, I think the effects in this show were, like, some of the best I've ever seen in any TV show, like, including, like, you know, super big budget stuff like Game of Thrones. It, it's actually really interesting you say that because, you know, in the final battle between the two visions... They're flying in the air and behind them is the kind of hex that's falling apart. Mm. And it just looked really weird. Like, I think because the hex was kind of going a wibbly and dying. Mm-hmm. It just looked super green screeny. Like in the old days, a green screen. It just didn't look as slick as normal. But maybe it was just because the hex is such like a strange backdrop. Yeah, mm. there are a couple of bits like... There's some bits which were amazing where it's like the hex is going mental and like buildings are like warping between like modern day and like yeah, 1950s cool. and the cars are all shifting. Uh, there were a couple of bits where like, you know when you're a kid and you try and like make CGI on your computer... And you try and make yourself fall into like a vortex, and it's, but it's just you, an image of you, a still image of you, like shrinking and getting smaller. And that's supposed to be going into the distance. Like, Ooh, that is seriously <laughs> savage. It looked a bit like, like, I, I, just kind of like, like <laughs> I would not have gone that far, personally. Sorry. I don't think that they're on like word art level. No, no. Do you know what I mean, though? When it's like, <laughs> like a PowerPoint slide where you've learned like the animation. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but you're like screen like recording that. the animation on a PowerPoint slide. There were some bits where it was literally like a character's supposed to be flying, but it's clearly just a still image of them kind of like zooming along. And it just mm. looked a little bit ropey. But I mean, 90% of it looked great. 
I think that the battle at the end was deserved. Like it built up to a climax, and if there hadn't been a battle at that point, I think we'd all be sat here th- saying, "Why wasn't there a battle?" Maybe, yeah. So, like, okay, I take your point that if they had battled and then one of them had just pummeled the other until they were like knocked out, that would have been a bit anticlimactic. But then there was a battle between Vision and Vision for the spectacle, and then they actually reasoned it out, and then that was the end of the fight. Which is quite rare. You've got to admit that's quite a rare thing to do yeah. in an action movie. I like they have their intellectual discussion about the ship of Theseus. Like I thought that was, you know, pretty highbrow for Marvel. Yeah, like you say, considering usually most fights end in someone getting bludgeoned with a shield with also, an American they flag it on so it. So quick as well. They were like, "So you're familiar with the ship of Theseus?" Yes. And I was like, "God, I really hope they're going to explain this because I'm not familiar." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was one of my favourite parts of the whole show. Because uh, it's like a very rare theme to encounter, you know, a theme of uh, of existence yeah. itself, you reality, know, and yeah, and the idea of uh, of ideas in general, you know. <laughs> so I think the whole TV show had this incredible meta slant, which I thought was just like so bizarre. Like it's Marvel. This is like one of the highest valued franchises in the world right now. So to be taking risks, like yeah. like they're risking alienating like teenagers around the world, because I don't know if I would have been in, as engaged in this and the whole ship of Theseus chat if I was like a teenager and I just wanted to see Vision beating Vision up. Yeah. Mm. You know, I might be a bit disappointed. So I, w- I will be interested to see what happens. They were so brave, I think, as well, with the first three episodes don't give you anything in terms of like what's going on. Like it yeah. is just... If you went in not knowing anything about Marvel, you'd think this is just like a weird sitcom with like some weird bits in it. Like I feel like if I was writing it, I'd want to write in the first episode, trying to you know I'd want to explain everything, just to keep people coming back. Yeah, yeah. Because you could easily watch episode one and think, what is this? This doesn't make any sense. It's like a cheesy sitcom from the fifties. Why would I watch this? But they're growing up with their fans. You know, like I think if they had come back with something that was exactly the same as Iron Man one. But just like a redo, yeah. Then we'd all be switching off because we'd be like, "Well, we're too old for this now. We've yeah. seen it before. Yeah. It's all well, been that's done." The problem because, like, I feel like <laughs> Doctor Strange was a little bit like Iron Man two point and Captain Marvel was a bit like Iron Man three point Same thing. Yeah. Some character they're a bit arrogant. They get powers. They learn to you know embrace those powers. They have to fight a villain who's got exactly the same powers as them every time. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting you say that because obviously Iron Man everyone loves. Doctor Strange, I think a few people love. And Captain Marvel is universally disliked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But now yeah. they are going into this next phase where they've lost two of the most beloved Avengers. We've got rid of Iron Man and Captain America. So they had to do something different because all they've got to play with now are the characters everyone normally overlooks, like Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel and stuff. And this whole idea of the reality and what's real and if you replace all this stuff, does it stay the same thing? Like I think that's setting up the Doctor Strange sequel that's going to come out because yeah. apparently... Well, I mean, the sting at the end suggested that Monica's going to be in that. And probably Wanda will fly off into the distance to join it too. Mm. It's kind of a shame, I think, that Captain Marvel wasn't that good. Because I feel like that was supposed to set up quite a lot. Because the big (laughs) after credits twist at the end of WandaVision is, you know, this woman turns into a, a Skrull. Whereas, I mean, I'm a massive Marvel dork, and even I was like, wait, who are they? Who's that again? Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that, oh, that's that alien from uh, I recognise this person. Yeah. <laughs> Those green things, they were the goodies, but then they were the baddies. No, yeah. So it's a shame that if Captain Marvel had been more like well-received, everyone would be like, oh, my God, that's the thing from that brilliant Marvel film. Yeah. In a way, like they're a bit of a victim of how many threads they've got going now, because yeah. I would have been fine with them not linking this back to the rest of the Marvel universe. I think it's like a good standalone story. 
just leave it. Yeah, because yeah. I'm sure there are loads of Easter eggs in there that we're not well literate enough with the Marvel Universe to notice. Yeah. But... Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of nice ones, like on the Halloween episode, the costumes they wear are like their costumes from the old comic books. Mm. It's that red one that she wears and Quicksilver. Well, and her with costume hands. at the end as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, actually, I love her new, um, her new outfit, yeah. I have to say. I think, yeah, it looks sick. And um, also, you know the ad breaks in the earlier episodes and mm-hmm. they were all Stark Industries. Yeah, yeah. I like yes, that. Yes, that's so... That, you know, like, that, it was all good. It was all good. But there was one thing that, even though I can't stop singing this thing's praises, did not get. In the finale, the reason she wriggles out of uh, Angela's clever, you know, scheme to suck away all her powers is that she's, like, cast runes mm. around her, like... Den essentially, yeah, around the hex, <laughs> yeah, around her hex, and that didn't really make any sense to me because it so, like, before that, she was obviously surprised when she goes into Angela's basement and Angela's cast the runes, so Agatha. she can't, sorry, uh, Agatha has cast the runes, so she can't use her magic. Mm. Because that surprised her, I thought, well, that's not part of her toolbox, like, she can't use that because she hasn't learned how to cast runes, mm. all she does is know their existence. So it like doesn't really make sense to me at the end how she just like suddenly knows how to cast runes and that Agatha can use her magic until she sees the runes. Also, how yeah, did she untrivel herself? Because she'd gone all like grey and grim and then she just magically undid that. She must have been like doing Agatha's magic for her so that she could set up the reveal. Maybe she was pretending uh. to be weak. I imagine that Scarlet Witch is a bit of a Harry Potter where it's like she doesn't actually know any of the books but she just is good at stuff she just is like you know she's like a really powerful witch she just never learned the theory yeah mm. but yeah i didn't think it was a bit mad that she'd memorized what all those runes looked like and just knew how to like replicate them <laughs> yeah also the ending didn't make a lot of sense with agatha either because she locks agatha into her nosy neighbor role but then she takes down the hex so surely now agatha isn't surrounded by the runes and she could just undo the mind trick but i don't think she knows because she's you know, she won't be aware that she's a nosy neighbour. She's just going to be like a nosy neighbour in modern day for like eternity. Yeah, I think she well, magicked the individual rather than like yeah. the, the hex. She kind of like separated the two. I don't think there's any rule that says she can't just like magic something outside the hex. Yeah, I know, but I mean like Agatha's also a witch, so maybe she might be able to undo the magic that Wanda's done on her. But she's absorbed all her magic though. Mm. She'll be back though. I mean, as a guy who's read a lot of comic books like yeah. i've seen a million times yeah. the villain loses their memory so i think oh brilliant you know so the writers are like well we can bring them back if we want to like we you know we can always bring back agatha whenever we want and just yeah. say oh she got her memory back it was all agatha all, all along, along. <laughs> also that's such chat like it wasn't agatha all along yeah it wasn't it was actually wonder and it agatha was actually just... wonder all along yeah <laughs> as we now know yeah <laughs> I really like the episode. I think my favourite episode was like the kind of one where they walk through the doors and they're going back in time and looking at mm. Wanda's past. That was clever. Like you said, Hannah, like Wanda and Vision were always kind of periphery characters. Like I never really cared about them. Like in the main Marvel films, if they'd got killed off, I really wouldn't have been that bothered. Whereas I like now, retrospectively, I'll probably go back now and watch the old Marvel films and like those characters more because now I know more about them and their past and their history and mm. what, you know what they've come through. Mm. I like the storyline of grief in this whole TV show. Like, it's all based on a very real concept, which is quite sad and is not an action movie concept, Mm. which I think is why it felt so fresh a lot of the time, because underlying her actions of villainy 
was quite an easily empathizing like you know it was easy to empathize with that idea of her in denial for the whole tv show yeah she mm. just didn't want to let go well it's like monica says at the end i think most of us if we could do that and like bring back someone who we've lost probably would mm. and so that's why it's easy to empathize with wanda because you know if you had her power you'd do the same thing yeah, yeah. it's clever because it means that they can push her into a villainous role like and and still bring her back to 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 more like a protagonist of their franchise role. Yeah, I'm interested because now Wanda is kind of in the next film. She could easily now become the villain, or or yeah, in the hero, which is quite cool. They left that quite ambiguous as well when she went away. Yeah, because initially I felt like that last section of the episode, the debrief section, was mm. quite rushed. Like Wanda was gone, they were clearing up the rubble. Physicist woman didn't even come back. Yeah, like, that's true. She just crashed her car into that bad guy's car and that was the end of her storyline. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I felt like it was, for such a great episode, that last little bit, they didn't give it enough time to breathe and just be like, okay, mm. let's tie up all the loose ends and stuff. But maybe they did that intentionally because they want to leave you wandering and... Wandering. Uh. Uh. Also, in, in Marvel, they're allowed to do that as well because it's like, you know, there's more Marvel coming. So mm. it's like they initiate characters and they don't have to finish their arcs, which is one of the beautiful things about having such a big franchise. You know, there's going to be like a million different spin offs where each of those people are involved. Yeah. The story can just go on forever. Yeah. Also, is it just me or like in the last episode at the beginning they did like previously on WandaVision and in the previously there was a bit where Monica was like she found yes. the basement and Quicksilver came up behind her and kind of knocked her out yeah. and I was like that didn't happen I do not remember that happening at all unless my memory's so gone. I actually got a message from one of our list listeners <gasps> wow Abby Beverly hey hello <laughs> <laughs> and she said you know liked the TV series overall but felt the final episode was a bit of an anticlimax didn't really explain about Quicksilver, thought mm. he had more of a part in the story, mm. and also was expecting a cameo from Doctor Strange. Yeah. It's a very good point, Abby. Very good point. Well, I'd read, like, rumours online that'd be like, you know, this act would be turning up or this would, so I kind of... I didn't understand as well, yeah, Quicksilver. If he was actually just a guy who was being brainwashed, how come he could run really fast? Okay, so I was looking up afterwards about what the deal was with him. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go, deep analysis time. <laughs> and... Apparently, you know, at the end, uh, Monica finds that thing in the attic, which yep. says Ralph Boner. Mm. Um, that is the name of Agatha's husband, who the whole time she's been like, oh, go get hold of Ralph. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And apparently he's the guy who actually owns that house. And when she, she knew that she wanted to come into the hex to mess up with Wanda because mm. she'd heard that she might be the Scarlet Witch. So she somehow got in, hexed um, Ralph Boner, the real Ralph Boner, yeah. stole his house, <laughs> hid him up in the attic with this like necklace thing. Yeah. And then when things weren't going her way and she couldn't get Wanda to reveal herself enough, she then kind of put him under another hex and gave him some powers in that right. okay. oh. so that he could pretend to be Quicksilver. And right. that explains why in the middle of the season, sometimes he says stuff that's not really part of Wanda's comfortable script. Yeah. And she goes, what did you say? Yeah, she'd be like, your dead husband can't die twice. Because yeah. he's under Agatha's right, mind control, okay. not Wanda's. Okay, very okay. good. That makes sense, okay. But, but it was a bit rushed. It was like, I swear that part wasn't even in the previous episode where he took Monica in, yeah. unless we missed something. I think maybe they just forgot. 
and then they were like, oh shit, we forgot to put that in the past episode. Let's just lie and just say, you know, <laughs> let's brainwash the audience, make them think they've always been. I thought it might be like an meta. Easter egg or something, because what he says is a bit weird as well, isn't it? Yeah, it just. Doesn't he say, he says something like duh or like doofus or something? Yeah. I can't remember anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the last episode, there was just a lot of mess there. Like the whole thing of, you know, her being captured and then she goes, oh, she sees his magic necklace and pulls it off and then it's all resolved instantly. I think they had a lot to do. To and then Monica, fair. there's a bit where she gets shot and like the bullets kind of, you know, go through her. But yeah. the kid behind just, you know, you can block them anyway. Oh, yeah. kind of point, that's quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like actually a little bit heartbroken as well that the kids just, you know, because I thought she was going to wriggle out of having to dissolve the kids into nothing, but mm. she just has to do it. Yeah. That whole goodbye section when they put the kids to bed and her and Vision were saying goodbye to each other was really well done. That hit me. Yeah, it was mm. emotional. Mm. Also, you know um, the angry mob when Agatha undoes all their brains and all the yeah, yeah. people in the town come to, come up wandering, they're like, just let me see my child again. Like, Yeah, yeah, creepy stuff. I feel like in that situation in real life, those people would actually attack Wanda. Like, well, but they, she's magic though. Her. She's like, yeah. I don't oh, know if I... I, suppose, I think yeah. I would probably not attack Wanda. I'd just watch you do it and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, wait, I'd wait a little bit, see if she yeah. saw what powers... I'm just thinking, like, you know these stories about mothers who, like, lift cars off their children? Yeah. yeah. Surely if your child was being held sort of mind captive by some witch, you it, you would lose rationality, you'd just attack them. Yeah, but they felt Wanda's power. Like, I think because yeah. Wanda's been occupying them, and maybe they've also... Like, one of them says they've forgotten, like, who they really are. I think they're starting to become a little bit dissociated with, yeah. mm. with reality. All Wanda needs to do is like snap her fingers and they're all back under the spell. So you wouldn't want to give her a reason. Yeah. Well, we were talking about this the other day. You know, earlier in one of the episodes, one of them says something like, we can't sleep at night because you're giving us your nightmares and like your grief is consuming us sort of thing. And whether that's when you're grieving, it's like it has an effect on you, obviously, because you're upset about something. But then the people who are close to you, it also has an effect on them. Yeah. It's kind of like that bleeding effect of grief. Was mm. this is an extreme example. Mm. I think they probably were. Yeah, I think yeah. they're very wise, these guys at Marvel. Very wise people. I have to say, though, I, I enjoyed this series for the most part, but I'm looking forward to, like, the next series, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because that looks like it's just going to be classic Marvel, which I'm kind of... I think this was a nice little break, and now I'm ready to dive back in with, like, some just sort of punching and killing. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So earlier you were like criticizing this for being too stereotyped, and now you're like criticizing. Well, no, to commit to a show which isn't going to be a Marvel show, you know, kind of this weird avant garde thing, commit to that. And then after that, you go, oh, okay, deep breath. Now I'm ready to like, I'm ready for more classic Marvel now. I see. I, if you know I'm, what I mean. I'm the other way around. I think I. I'm not hyped for Winter Soldier, Punchy Punch Punch show. And I just want another season of this. <laughs> See, I think I'm somewhere in between because I wasn't hyped. Then immediately after WandaVision, I watched the trailer for uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Again, two characters that literally have taken up less than 0.01% of my brain space. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I'm quite hyped for like a buddy cop type show. Action-y thing. Yeah, I just want to know more about side characters because they got so many characters like even like jimmy woo in this he's just like a in ant-man 2 he's like a police officer yeah whereas in this he gets his own storyline so i quite like that they're bringing back old actors and tiny you know tiny characters and giving mm. them a bit more 
you know, fleshing them out a bit. It's really like genius to to extend now from movies to TV shows because mm. mm. they've just about reached the point where they've got too many characters to fit in a movie. Yeah. Like I felt like Avengers was just reaching this point of saturation where like it'd be a different character in every frame. And it was just overwhelming. Like uh, it was kind of nice fan service at some points, but then like TV shows just give you so much more time to take these minor characters and actually do something productive with them. Yeah. yeah. And it means the films can kind of like, you know, I'd be happy if the next Avengers film didn't have Wonder or Vision in it and it didn't have the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because they've got their own, they can have their own TV show. Mm. The main films can be focused on like, you know, the, the main characters that everyone loves. Yeah. It's kind of win-win then rather than having to have an Avengers film where like every character only gets about two minutes of screen time. I suppose the only danger is if they're setting it up in this way where, you know, you have to watch all the TV shows and you have to have seen all the films and stuff, does it make it less accessible? If then in the next film, the villain is Wanda for argument's sake. Mm. And if you don't know this whole st- backstory of what happened in Westview, you might not understand what's going on. Yeah, I agree. I think if you haven't got Disney+, Plus, I mean, Disney being kind of, kind of smart, because if you like Marvel, you have to have Disney+, Plus now. Because mm. like you say, you're not going to understand the story like... The next Avengers film, you have no idea, no context. Kind of, but they, it's always been like that, though. I mean, I think if you had sat down to watch Endgame and you hadn't seen, like, Age of Ultron or any of the ones before that, there would have been a lot of scenes where you'd have just been like, what is going on yeah. here? Why is half the population of the planet disappeared completely? Mm. You know, so they've always, like, there's been a barrier to entry for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I think as long as they keep their series short, like, this was nine episodes, that's fine. My problem was, like when that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show came out, there's about oh. two or three seasons of that, and there's like 20 episodes a season, and like, it is pretty boring. No, yeah. <laughs> That did get slammed. Yeah, and so the thing is, I could, you know, if you really wanted to know everything about Marvel, you could have watched all seasons of that and, you know, understood all the background stuff, but it's like, it's too much of a commitment. I don't mm. want it to go that way. I don't want WandaVision to have like seven seasons. You've got to watch every single one. Mm. So I like that they're keeping it limited and I kind of hope it stays that way. I think maybe they've learned something after Infinity War and Endgame because that was such an intense period of like build up that now they've let everyone breathe and especially learning from Star Wars, maybe they've learned that actually a little bit of time and anticipation is a healthy thing. Yeah. And if you mm. oversaturate, especially with something where you have so many characters and it's so tempting to just run away with all these storylines, people stop being interested. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Because I think Marvel has been on the up and up for the last five years or so. And it feels like Star Wars has just been like inverse of Marvel. It's like, you know, it's gone from like this incredible franchise, which everyone respects, to kind of like a bit more take it or leave it. It's like you might be into Star Wars and not even watch the new... Like, I didn't watch The Mandalorian, and I like mm. Star Wars kind yeah. of thing. Mm. And I think it's just by virtue of the fact they've, like, worn me out with all of this new content and stuff. And, yeah, I think maybe Marvel just needs to be careful that they don't over-egg it, but they have given us some breathing time, so I'm, like, kind of ready to go Yeah, at the moment. At the moment. Yeah. <laughs> could, could all go horribly wrong. I like that they, they seem to be going in a bit more of a dark direction as well because most of the Marvel films are quite happy-go-lucky and, you know, just full of quips and, you know, there's not too much jeopardy. But this is, like, the darkest I think I've seen Marvel go. Hugely, yeah. With, like, you know, the people going, oh, you know, I have your nightmares. Like, let me see my children to, like, you know, wonder who's supposed to be a hero. And so I hope that these shows take it to a little bit more of a dark place. Like yeah. that, that what-if one I'm really looking forward to. 
Yes, yeah, that's right. so true. Because I think you could go really dark and dystopian with that. We kind of, you know, what if Iron Man had never become Iron Man and show this like really horrific, yeah, you know, world where that never happens. Yeah, they've given themselves a lot of options, haven't they, at the moment? And like, you know, just just the vibe of them tackling grief as a theme in a Marvel thing is something I couldn't have imagined a few years ago for Marvel. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it's like um, they've incremented towards this, but I'm kind of glad that they've reached this point. You know, I wonder how much further they can go before they alienate a lot of younger people. Yeah. Because this was on the edge. Yeah. It was a bit like Soul was a bit on the edge, wasn't it? Like a, yeah. the, the new Pixar movie of being too complex for young audiences i wouldn't mind the strategy where they kind of the films kind of stay as they are mm. and then have the tv shows be a bit more avant-garde and a bit you know in different directions and go a bit darker i think i'd be happy with that so the films you know you're safe with them but then if you want something a little bit more edgy you can watch the tv shows yeah that's that's quite no one's idea. getting alienated then i suppose the thing is there's going to be such an abundance of marvel content why not make it a bit more niche so yeah. like in a sense, I think that's where DC goes wrong, is they're just like, oh, we need to make something that doesn't offend and appeals to everyone, and in the process, they make something that actually no one really likes. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God, DC's in the toilet right now. <laughs> DC is struggling. <laughs> I haven't seen Wonder Woman 1984, but I've heard that was terrible. There was a news thing last week, even, that said they dropped Henry Cavill as Superman. <laughs> really? And I was like, that was not your problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like one of the few... That was the only thing going right. Yeah. <laughs> I think Robert Pattinson as Batman is going to be good, though. Yeah. I believe. The thing, I think, I think my problem with Justice League is, like, Batman is the only character I actually care about. I don't really care about any of the other Justice League guys. Mm. But if they could make you care about Wanda, maybe they, they yeah, could no, make you care That's the thing. About. It's not that they're inherently bad characters. It's just they haven't made me care about them in mm. the way, like, a care. If Ant-Man died, I'd probably cry. If, like... Yeah. <laughs> 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 he would, though. And I hadn't even, like, heard of him about five years ago. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Same, same. <laughs> yeah. Well, you wouldn't cry if Paul Rudd was there and he's like bleeding to death and he goes like, oh, go on without me. And then he just, mm. you know, goes, you're saying you wouldn't tear up at that. <laughs> if you wouldn't tear up at that. Maybe a tiny little ant. <laughs> yeah. like, it feels like DC are literally just throwing shit at the wall sometimes, you yeah. know, because they've reinvented every character like five or six times. And it, it never seems to quite like capture the audience they're after. Or like if it does, it's like they end up reinventing it again and then it's just shit, you know? <laughs> so They're yeah. just rushing, I think, is their problem. Like Marvel have taken the time. Like they took a hell of a lot of time. Like Iron Man 1, Samuel L. Jackson turns up at the end credits and says, oh, you know, we're going to put a team together at some point. The Avengers don't team up for another like five or six films. Mm. They just took their time, they built it up, whereas Justice League have tried to just kind of rush and just, you know, go, right, Justice League, the movie, blah, blah, blah. World's going to end. It's interesting that now everyone is rushing to make a universe, but no one quite commits to it like Marvel does. Like, yeah. Marvel have really put the groundwork in to get you to care about these characters, and then to a certain extent, now they're doing it all over again. They're starting the cycle again. But then you have things like Netflix's Christmas universe. <laughs> you know, with like Christmas Prince and Princess Switch and stuff, yeah. where it's just like... We don't care about these characters. We don't really know anything about them. Yeah. Like, it's not a universe, but they'll call it a universe. Yeah, well, Universal tried to do, like, create the monster universe, and they had that Tom Cruise film, The Mummy, and it was just so god-awful that he just gave up on the spot. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because in that film, like, Dr. Jekyll turns up, he has a little cameo, like, Russell Crowe turns up, he's Dr. Jekyll. He's like, oh, okay, he's going to be in a later film. But they were just like, no, not doing it. Yeah. Just rubbish. <laughs> well, because it's worth a lot of money to have something established, isn't it, nowadays? Yeah. Mm. I can really understand why Star Wars and, and Marvel are like sort of clamoring to maintain supremacy. 
it's hard like to create a universe because like when you read the comics like marvel they have these big universes and there's like millions of issues and stuff but at the end the whole thing just collapses in on itself it's almost inevitable that you know the universe kind of has to collapse because all the main avengers die and then they all have children and their children become like the new avengers and then they die and like the world ends but then they go back in time and change it mm. and then this character dies but then it turns out it wasn't actually them you know they they get more and more wacky and ridiculous to the point where the cinematic universe is just like it's like the ship of theseus yeah you end up where like it's the avengers but none of the original avengers are there mm. and like it's just it's just the name you know it's just like and in the end <laughs> it ends and they go okay now we're going to start ultimate spider-man instead of you know normal spider-man it's starting fresh and it's new origin do you know what it's a bit like sitcoms as well because yeah. sitcoms they kind of want to keep everything the same because the main thing is the comedy and the vibe between the characters but you also need some story progression so it gets to the point where they kind of have to like push the characters into situations and then like by the end of the, all the series you're like these people just wouldn't hang out anymore like yeah. so much stuff has happened to them and like realistically these two characters who got together like two seasons ago would have gotten a divorce like you know there's so much bitterness it doesn't even feel like it anymore but they had to progress the story somehow and the only way was to make the universe implode on itself yeah. <laughs> i know you don't believe in monica and chandler okay but some of us do okay some of the, some of us do no, i'm talking about penny and leonard like, oh, right. those two would not last i'm well, sorry it's tough because every story has a natural lifetime doesn't it and ultimately like if you want money from a story you're motivated to to not change it mm. very much because it works. You know, it's like it, it works the way it should work. And there's highs and lows in life, but there's no lows in these stories sometimes. And, you know, it, it just takes it out of the realm of believable because change is, is a natural part of life. Well, in a sense, that's why the sitcom backdrop works so well for this idea of grief because you can't pretend that death isn't a natural part of life. But yeah. sitcom is such an Nothing artificial, yeah, one-note representation. Ultimately, it's kind of like where a lot of other franchises have fallen over. I think Marvel has managed to succeed, which is why it's so impressive at the moment. Because it, like the final season of Game of Thrones came out the same year as Endgame. And they couldn't be more oppositely received. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was like Game of Thrones had built a, a similar scale of universe in terms of how many characters there were and how deeply the audience understood each one. But in the end, they tied it up too neatly and too like quickly kind of thing, and it didn't feel real. Like People mm. just completely divested themselves yeah. of, any ke- like, of any emotion for any of the characters, which just imploded the universe. But somehow Marvel has managed to just pull enough strings together to make meaningful moments happen and let enough strings go in random directions that it still feels real. Yeah, because yeah, a bad ending, a bad ending will ricochet back in time and it'll actually ruin the whole show. It's not yeah. even like, with Game of Thrones, I'm not like, I still love Game of Thrones. It was like five great seasons and then like a couple of bad ones. Now I'm just like, I hate Game of Thrones, not going to watch it again. It yeah. ruins the whole thing. It's and tough, I'm, yeah. Marvel could still, if they're not careful, end up that same way. And I don't want it to. But I feel like if they do start making really, you know, worse and worse films and then it just ends where it's like, oh, all the Avengers died or it was all a dream. Yeah. That will kind of, I think the whole franchise would be ruined, you know, it become people famous, wouldn't, you yeah. wouldn't want to go back and rewatch them. I don't know if it's possible, though, because they could always bring out something else. You know, like I would say with Friends, season eight and nine were ropey, <laughs> but like season 10, I always thought was like not that great but then when I go back and look at the episodes that are in it like that's where all the classic episodes which people remember of like Joey speaking French or whatever 
they're all in season 10. And I think they just came back with like one killer season. They were like, we're just going to pump in loads of episodes people are really going to remember. And then we'll leave it forever. Like, I don't think, even though they're doing this like weird HBO Max thing, mm. like it's not really returning to friends. Like they'll never go back and do another season of that because they ended it well. And if you end something badly, you can always go back and add something else. And then that becomes the final thing. You know, this is a review of WandaVision though. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so that's our review of WandaVision. Uh, season 10 is really good. You know. Yeah. <laughs> WandaVision's good, but not as good as season 10 of Friends. Yeah. yeah. The first rule of film club is actually never get Hannah talking about friends. Yeah. <laughs> so, shall we rate? Yeah, I'm ready to rate. Let's do it. I think we've unpicked everything we can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and more. We've <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> actually just bled into other sitcoms. Just kind of left the TV show behind, yeah. actually. <laughs> I think you should start, Hannah. Okay. I'm going to give it a nine. Ooh, wow. Which is quite high. But I thought it was... <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was actually really good. I think every episode we sat down and I was like, oh, really looking forward to watching this. We'd start watching it, five minutes would pass, and then it'd be like, please stand by. Like, the episodes just weren't past, like, Yeah, that. it'd be that thing where, like, the whole room, would, everyone would just go, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the episode. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And the attention to detail was great. Like, honestly, I haven't watched a TV series that good in a long time until I watched Ginny and Georgia this week. So. <laughs> God. <laughs> We're not talking about any other TV show. We're talking about one of the Sorry. Yeah, no, nine. Hmm. Going into the season finale, I proclaimed quite confidently that this is one of my favourite TV shows of all time. And I think the season finale didn't ruin it. So, yeah, I mean, it has, to, like, I don't think I could say that and not give it, like, a 9 or a 10. Yeah, it's got it. Uh, it's probably a 9, because I think it would be a 10 if, like, they'd spent more time, or, like, if they just let more go at the end, yeah. you know, in a random direction, because I think maybe it was a little bit too neat. Mm. So, yeah, it's a 9. Yeah, I actually really, really liked it, despite all my problems with the final episode. The weird thing is, though, I don't think I'd ever rewatch it. I can't imagine being in the mood where I'd sit down and rewatch this whole series. I think I'd rewatch the first few. Yeah, maybe I'd watch some of the some of the sitcom ones, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Like, there's a lot of great films where I've watched once and thought I never want to watch that again. Mm. Um, but I'd give it an eight. I think it was great. It's a great kind of phenomenon. I'll put in like inverted commas. It's one of those <laughs> things where like you, if you didn't watch it when it was coming out, do you need to watch uh, it? Maybe not. But I hope I, the person transcribing got that in inverted yeah. commas. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed being a part of it. I really enjoyed the, the wild ride, basically. Nice. Very yeah. nice. Cool. I have a game. Oh, wow. You have a game? Similar to the uh, Soul episode on Pixar. Ooh. I'm going to give you a phrase from a sitcom, and you Ooh. have to tell me what sitcom it's from. Oh, I'm not very good at sitcoms. I've only seen about two. Oof, this is going to be tough, yeah. If it's not friends, if Bang you were playing this game, moment. Hannah, I would be like, okay, I resign. Like, yeah. this is, I'm not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> if it's if there's any from Seinfeld, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> okay, I'm not even going to do it in the voice of the people from the things because it's too embarrassing. Oh, that's good. No, no, that's come good. on. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, come on. No, no. no why though? If we have to do the quiz. You have to do the, <laughs> no. the voices. Yeah, that's the deal. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Ooh, tricky. Yeah. Oh really hard I think oh, mm, I think Eddie should go first I'm not yeah. quite sure yet I think friends I think friends that's really hard though yeah okay, you're yeah. correct friends. you're working together right okay. oh okay oh, thank god because usually yeah. two not. brains <laughs> one, just one brain on its own would not be enough to yeah. compute that okay here's the next one dope 
Come on, Simpsons. <laughs> oh! Same as difficult. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you all the easy ones first. And okay. Then we'll okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bazinga. Oh my God, oh. this is so difficult. <laughs> Big Bang Theory. Yeah. That is literally the best news in the world. Parks and Rec. Yep. Oh, okay. I'm glad you're here, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've actually never seen this one, so I don't know how he says it. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, Seinfeld? Yeah, I guess. No. That's what she said. But that's like a common... How I Met Your Mother. Mm-mm. That's a good guess, though. It was a British TV show that then became a massive Office. sitcom. Yeah. Uh, okay. In America. Oh. Okay, this is the last one. Lucy, you've got some splaining to do. <laughs> <laughs> Why has Lucy got splaining to do? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I love Lucy. Yes. Well, wow. Clue in the Lucy name. was the clue. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought otherwise you'd never get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did we win? Did we win the quiz? Yes. You yes. win the quiz. Yes. Uh, mm. Thank you for the quiz. So if anyone wants to splain to us online, how can they do that? Well, they can email us at filmclubrules at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram, at Film Club Rules. Nice. And what are we watching next week? We're watching Casino by Martin Scorsese. Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's all coming back to me. Casino. Yeah. Casino. Yeah, so tune in next week to hear our thoughts on Casino, the middle in the greed trilogy of Martin Scorsese. Mm. Or don't, you know, whatever floats your boat. No, no, no def- definitely come back. Or, or don't, you know. Okay, see you next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome.